pretty incredible morning. Queen Elizabeth II has died at Balmoral peacefully. I think a lot of people will be reeling after 70 years as Australia's head of state. Uh, an incredible, monumental life. Pickle has joined us from Budrum. Did you hear the news, mate? I did, mate. That's why I ring, and I would dearly love to hear the Australian old national anthem of God Save the Queen. Oh, is that your request, Prickle? Oh, mate, if you could dig that up, that'd be great. I wonder Gee, if, he, right. if, if we, and we must have it in there somewhere, probably got me at Margaret River Primary and belting it out in 1973. I'm, uh, look, Prickle, you'll be happy to hear I've got God Save the Queen, but it's from the Sex Pistols. <laughs> Rock on, baby. <laughs> That's not, look, it's a, it's a beautiful idea, actually. Here it is. God save the Queen. really is incredible. It's so ingrained, isn't it? I mean, it's obviously not been our national anthem since the early 80s, but still very much something that we'll all remember. And now, of course, that song is God Save the King. Yes, it is. Joining us now is someone who has had an incredible life herself, Olympian Lisa Curry. Good morning. Good morning. I just I just started crying when you played that, when you played that anthem. It means so much to... <laughs> Sorry. That's all um, right, Lisa. That's all but... right. It's, it's a really tricky time. I, I mean... She yeah. seems to have affected and reached out to so many different people. Yeah, well, um, I had lunch with the Queen in um, the Commonwealth Games in Brisbane in 1982. So wow. what's that, 40 years ago, we sat and had lunch together. And in those days, we didn't have mobile phones, and we didn't do a selfie, we didn't get a picture or anything like that. But what an extraordinary life for someone who who dedicated her whole life to... The crown, service, you know, yeah, um, absolutely. She's done everything right. Um, it's really sad, actually, because every. Well, I'm, I'm talking on behalf of the athletes, but every athlete in the Commonwealth stood on the dais to that song, you yeah, know. Yeah, and yes, so yeah. for us, it, it means a lot, you know. So, yeah. hey, um, so when right. you sat and spoke to her, was she chatty? Did she was she asking about you and about your your training? That sort of conversation. Yes, you know, obviously she's got her set questions and she went around the table and asked everybody where they were from and what we did and how we felt and and I asked her about her kids, how they were going. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just basic chit-chatter, but, you know, it's such an honour to have had her in my life for a, a very short moment. Um, you know, I've had dinner with Prince Charles. Well, now King Charles, isn't it? Yeah. King Charles, that's yeah. right. And, um, you can, you can, you, can, wow. you can drop that around if you like. I've had dinner with the King. Hey, but Lisa, yeah. you've got an MBE, which is so there's your Order of Australia medal, but your MBE, that's actually a British 
um, honour, isn't it? Yeah, that's a member of the British Empire. So, you know, a beautiful um, certificate signed by the Queen. Um, gee, it means more now, doesn't it? It yeah. means more when someone passes. And um, I said, to, I said to Mark one day, "Don't get rid of this because when I die, it might be worth five bucks." You know. So, <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> but what a yeah, what a sad day. And it's interesting now, isn't it, that King Charles comes to his. You know his reign. I know. I always thought that maybe he might just pass it on to uh, to William, but yes. we'll see. Yeah. Well, I look. I, there's no indication of that at this stage. No. Um, and obviously, King Charles the Third is uh, the title he'll go wow. by. Camilla, of course, is the Queen's consort you know, now. I, I think that we've really grown into Charles too, haven't we? I think there was a time when everyone was like, he should never be king, and you know, left Diana and yeah, ma- yeah, had yeah, an yeah. affair and whatever. But I just don't think the world feels like that anymore. I think that they feel quite warm towards him now. Yeah. Have, have you seen the, the series The Crown? Yes. Mm. Yeah, I've seen it. I adored oh, it, it, actually. I loved it. It's so good. It was so good. And, and what I what I learned from that was, you know, Camilla was Prince Charles's... He was, she was his one love. Well, she was there yeah. before you know, Diana. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but because she'd been married before, he couldn't marry her. So, That's right. They were as much know. victims of the royal protocol and yes. rules yes. As, as anyone, weren't they? And. Yeah, but, and, and, but it, I also learned from that movie just how absolutely dedicated the Queen was to her role. Yes. And, um, yeah, she'll be, I think she'll be sadly missed. It's a sad day for the world, actually, I think. It's one of those moments where you remember where you were when that person died. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lisa, uh, look, it must be uh, quite a jolt to you, especially since you had lunch with the lady. Uh, I think that is absolutely remarkable. So. Thank you so much for taking out the time this morning and having a chat to us because it's uh, quite an emotional day for a lot of people. And sorry we made yeah. you cry with um, God Save the Queen. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting you to play that. And it was fun to brought up. It just brought up all yeah. the... Yeah. Well, it's, 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 look, yeah. it's a very stirring anthem. It's a very stirring piece yeah. of music on any day of the week. But uh, I guess when you've stood with your hand on your heart after just winning, a, uh, you know, some sort of medal or something like that, uh, it would bring back a lot of memories for you, Lisa. So... Wow, cool. thank you so much wow. for, uh, for yeah, sharing all those with us. Good on you, Lise. Did you have a brush with royalty? The closest I got to the Queen was uh, getting in trouble off one of them palace guards for hanging on Buckingham Palace gates. Oh, is that right? When we went there in 1979, you weren't allowed to touch the gates. Mm. Of course, guess what idiot was thinking? It's just swinging off them yeah, like this. Right. And then one of those guys come along with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Got out of there pretty quick. Um, my mum told me a story. She remembers when she was a little girl, so we're talking about the 1940s, the Queen coming to Australia and she lived in Daniloquin, which is halfway between uh, Melbourne and Sydney, and they knew the Queen and Prince Philip were coming on the train and she remembers running behind the train. They just knew that they were on it. They didn't get to see them. But we've got, we've got Margaret here with us now who, of course, uh, is a hostie. Uh, Margaret, thanks for joining us. Uh, very sad morning. Good morning. How are you? Very well. Pretty so good. we've woken up to the news this morning that Queen Elizabeth is dead. And you, oh, I know it's so sad, isn't it? And you are our royal correspondent. For people who don't know you, you are John's sister, my sister-in-law, Margaret. Sorry to wake you up. Yes. That's okay. I'm awake. (laughs) And now you are a long-term first-class flight attendant for Qantas. Tell us about your brush with royalty. Uh, Well, I think it was in 2000 when when the Queen and Prince Philip came out to Australia for Chogham for the Heads of Government meeting, which was actually on the Sunshine Coast. Yes. Anyway... 
That's right. Anyway, um, Qantas had a, a jet specially rearranged to carry the Queen on. It was a 747. It also carried regular passengers too, but the most important passengers were her and Prince Philip. And I carried her from from Singapore back to London, so the final sector when, when they were going home from their big trip. And I got to look after her and really fortunately speak to her and, and him over that 12 hours. I remember that so. you said that she was absolutely lovely. He, spoke, he slept for a lot of it. What did she say to you? Uh, she was so beautiful. She Not only was she beautiful in her manner, but she was really pretty. She was just the prettiest person. She had beautiful blue eyes and she was gorgeous. And she... Um, uh, the thing that really struck me, she, I know it sounds really strange to say about the Queen that she was quite humble and gentle, but she was. And before takeoff, she came and asked me, she said, do you mind if my ladies, you know, her, her ladies in waiting, would be able to come and sit up in their chairs in first class because um, they had uh, very sore backs, a couple of them, you know, from probably walking around and so forth. But I thought, how oh, nice, just to, you know, be so polite to actually ask that question. Yeah. And, what, and what are you going to say? No, sit down. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> I told you already. Yes. Keep in your seat. <laughs> Keep your seatbelt on and no more talking. <laughs> she was so delightful. And anyway, one of the things that was really sweet is, you know, we were actually told by you know, the protocol people at Qantas that we weren't supposed to... Um, have a conversation with her, you know, basically leave her alone. And uh, I thought, no, this is once in a lifetime. I'm, I'm going to have a conversation with her. And I'd seen a documentary on the ABC a couple of years beforehand about her, and and she talked about her beautiful corgis, and I love dogs too. And she talked about her favourite dog, which was called who was called Roy. And uh, I thought at the time, I'm going to call my dog Roy when I get one. I didn't have one. <laughs> but, uh, so uh, I thought, okay, you know, what do you do? You talk about something that she's interested in. And so she was sitting there reading the paper in the morning and I said to her, oh, excuse me, ma'am. And she oh, yes. And uh, I said, look, I just have to ask you. And I said, because I remember, you know, watching the documentary about you and your corgis and especially Roy. I said, because I have a dog called Roy, which I didn't. But, you know, when... Oh, you lied. You lied. When in doubt, make it up. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, oh, yes. She said, Roy has passed away, unfortunately. But, um... Yeah, we talked about dogs. And, she didn't uh, ask you to produce a photo of Roy, obviously. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you madly googling corgi. <laughs> and, and, and you know, Margaret, all of the leaders I'm hearing that are quoted this morning in all the press articles, they're all saying what a wonderful sense of humour she had, and, oh, yeah. uh, and she was the kind-hearted queen. That's the most common quote. She yeah. she met. 14 US presidents during her reign. 14. Oh, my God. I know. Six, Amazing. 16 Australian prime ministers. And I'm quite proud of uh, proud of us because 15 British, whereas I thought we, you yeah. know, churned through. But we're, we're going at the same oh, rate well. as Britain, so that's all right. Well, there you go. And there was something to be said for getting all those prime ministers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, of course, you know, Barack Obama's made statements. Uh, you know, the German chancellor from from years ago praised her <laughs> from, you know, German-British relationships. Yeah after World War Two, but the list just goes on and on and on. I know she's remarkable, isn't she? You know what a what a legacy. And I guess that means too we have a new head of state being King Charles the Third. Yep.
Monica in Battery Hill. You were lucky enough to meet the Queen, Monica? My father-in-law was actually her driver when she was in Australia in 1954. Wow. And, yeah, and my dad... He was the scorer for the Australian cricket team when they were touring and he actually got to shake her hand. Oh, oh. wow, you've had quite the brushes with royalty. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Oh, um, that's great. And yeah. did he have fond memories of her, Monica? Oh, yeah, yeah. He used to talk, well, he couldn't. He never ever actually spoke about what was said, but um, he said that she was a lovely lady and it was very funny. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I, I agree. I reckon she actually had quite a sense of humour, but obviously she had to keep it measured and reserved for all the, you know, goings on around her. Monica, tell me though, honestly, do you think the Queen was a backseat driver, just quietly? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that, but yeah. It's a shame, so... It yeah. is. It's a sad day for a lot of people. People are gathered outside Buckingham Palace right now in the English rain in the middle of the night, standing there paying tribute. Um, back to humour, she did the James Bond thing in 2012 for the Olympic Games, yes. right? So with Daniel Craig, which witty. I thought... It's actually very cute. She did it so well. It's very witty. She did it so well. Then she did the Paddington Bear thing. Now, I don't know if she saw it because obviously that's all computer animated, but... I actually thought that was pretty good too. That was very witty. And then the third thing she did, which I deeply love, is she, uh, Queen Elizabeth and uh, Harry got together and they do that Invictus Games, which is American athletes and English athletes who have been injured in war. They get together and they do these games. Barack Obama and Michelle Obama did that whole drop the mic thing. The mic drop. And then they gave it back to, I haven't got the audio and I apologise, but... Her retort to that was just simply, <laughs> really? <laughs> it was very just, cute. And just totally burnt Obama with just a little bit of style and grace. So it was absolutely brilliant. We took a call earlier, Caroline, or was it an email? Yeah, we got an about, email from Joe and the Queen's, the Queen's upcoming funeral service. She said, do you think Australia will get a public holiday for her funeral so we can all watch it? I it doesn't hope matter so. What happens? All Aussies are after a cheeky public holiday. <laughs> public holiday. Okay. First thought. Are we getting a day off for that? Are we getting a bloody day off for that or what? Jeez, a bit rough. Anyway, I mean, you can't mourn at work, Caroline. No, that's Everyone exactly right. That. Tony's joined us from Currawundi, mate. What, what did you have to say? What a great lady she was. I think a lot of us grew up knowing no different born and the Queen was there and, yeah, the humility. She was one for the world. You mentioned her Christmas yeah. message. Her first Christmas message was 1957 and the first televised Christmas message was 1957. Yeah, right. So that's, she, came, she came to power, I guess, at the time of um, great change in yeah. the world. Yeah, and she embraced, uh, you know, TV and radio quite well. She was always a very good speaker, and yeah. I think that uh, helped with her popularity. Yeah, like during the World War Two, she stayed in the country, united the country. Like, she did really good stuff. Like, I'm not a big royalist in any way, but... I like the lady. Uh. Caroline, the phones are running hot. Now, who have we got here? We've got Z on the phone. And Z, your grandfather used to work for the king. Is that right? Yeah, he used to work for the king. And um, two of the funniest stories he used to tell is, well, he used to work, he worked for it as a chauffeur. And he used to tell many stories where he'd be cleaning the Rolls Royce and um, the queen, oh, sorry, the princess at that point in time was a, a very young girl and used to sit inside the Rolls Royce and pull faces at him through oh, the glass wow. and leave fingerprints on it. And he'd have to shoo her out <laughs> so that he could clean the 
my glass <laughs> on the inside. And he and the other story he used to tell is he used to also be a carriageman on the back of formal events. And um, in that time, the uniformity of the images had to be the same. And he was a very tall man with very skinny legs. And she used to tease him because he used to have to put scrunched up newspaper down the back of his tights on his calf muscles so his calf muscles looked the same oh as God. the other carriage man to match. Oh, so wow. she used to tease him about that. She, he used to tell stories about her being a very fun and cheeky young lady. I oh, love that. That was, that was oh. Princess Elizabeth, not Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth before she cheeky and fun. Before she got the chockies, before oh, she got the crown. Yeah. I love yeah. those memories. That's just beautiful. He must have spoken about her with such fondness. Uh, he, he adored the family, absolutely adored her. But she was very cheeky, apparently. He used to say that a lot. Oh, she was a very cheeky one. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> I love it. Oh, thank Z. you so thank- much. For now, though, is it just me with Caroline? Is it just me or does everyone think the Queen is the most constant public figure in their lives? For more than 70 years, she ruled over the Commonwealth, visiting Australia 16 times and meeting with 16 Australian Prime Ministers. Elizabeth Alexandra Mary Windsor was not born to be queen. When she was 10, her uncle, Edward VIII, abdicated the throne to marry the twice-divorced American Wallace Simpson, and that meant that Elizabeth's father king, became King George VI and little Lilibet, as she was known in the family, became heir to the throne. Three years later, England was at war with Nazi Germany and Margaret and Elizabeth were moved to Windsor Castle the the government had said they wanted them to go to a Canada to be evacuated to Canada, but their parents refused and said no, they had to stay in England. But they sent them to Windsor Castle and people were sent there to keep them company. One of those people was her third cousin, 18-year-old Philip, Prince of Greece. He visited Elizabeth and Margaret at Windsor Castle and the young Elizabeth was smitten. After turning 18 in the dying days of the war, Elizabeth then spent five months with the Auxiliary Territorial Service and learned to be a motor mechanic. Around about that time, a couple of things happened. She saw Philip again and she and he began exchanging letters while he served in the Royal Navy. Their romance blossomed through those letters and two years after the war, the couple married at Westminster Abbey on the 20th of November 1947 and the prince became the Duke of Edinburgh. She would later describe him as my strength and my stay through 74 years of marriage before his death in 2021, aged 99. Their first son, Charles, was born in 1948. Then there was Anne, then Andrew and then Prince Edward. Between them, they gave uh, their parents eight children, sorry, eight grandchildren and 12 great-grandchildren. Princess Elizabeth was in Kenya in 1952 when her father died. Because she was in Africa, it took some time to get the news to Philip, who then broke the news to his wife that her father had died quite unexpectedly. They organised a flight as quickly as they could and Elizabeth returned to London as the new Queen. It was almost a year later before she was crowned. And the next decades would see great change. She oversaw the end of what was known as the British Empire overseas, we're no longer part of the British Empire. It doesn't exist anymore, and that's because of her. And that's because the swinging 60s swept away a whole lot of social norms. Elizabeth changed the way of the monarchy. She introduced public walks, actually engaging with the public. She introduced royal visits and attendance at public events. That's all we've ever known, but they are her mark on the monarchy. 
Queen Elizabeth's commitment to the Commonwealth was constant. She visited every Commonwealth country at least once and Australia 16 times. But there were periods of private and public pain. In 1992, the Queen's Annus Horribilis fire devastated Windsor Castle and broke her heart. That was her private residence as well as a working palace at the time. And it was also the year that three of her children's marriages broke down. And then a little bit later in 1997, after the death of Diana, Princess of Wales, in a car accident in Paris, there was a real drop in public support for the monarchy. In particular, the Queen drew criticism for appearing reluctant to respond publicly to the death of her former daughter-in-law. There were questions about the monarchy's relevance in modern society. As she said a little bit later, no institution should expect to be free from scrutiny, and I certainly wasn't. But like every other challenge in her life, she rode out that storm, and her dedication, her loyalty, her love of her people, and her stoicism shone through. And this morning, the world mourns her passing. Elizabeth Alexandra Mary Windsor has died. And we're all lucky for her legacy. Hey, just a quick one. Um, our boss just came in and told us what um, King Charles now has to do because he is the king. Uh, all parliamentary work is halted for 10 days and that is because they embed the new king and he goes on what's called the king's journey and he must go around uh, to all of the, you know, Westminster halls, Scottish Parliament, yeah. blah, 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 and so that people can offer motions of condolence to the new king. And wow. so he doesn't get to mourn his mum at all. He's got a, he's off and running as the king. I see. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's not a job I think uh, 